Hey y'all. So when it comes to bodies, weight loss is not really something that I'm pursuing right now. But as you know, one of Vanessa's family members has been taking a GLP-1 medication and it's worked really well for him. So if that is part of your journey, you should check out the Roe Body Program. Roe provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Roe's partner handles all the insurance paperwork to help get the medication covered. If eligible for medication, patients have access to their provider on demand for any questions. Go to ro.co slash infamous. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash infamous. Campsite Media. Deer Valley Resort in Park City, Utah. It's an unseasonably warm morning on the slopes at one of America's fanciest ski resorts, where season passes cost $3,000 and fur hats at Apres Ski are the norm. Today, sparkling white mountains are offset against azure blue skies. Snow-speckled fir trees line the perfectly groomed run. In the distance, one woman is making her way downhill. Her skis slice through the snow, carving neat parallel turns. This is a beginner run, but it's clear she's a pretty decent skier. In fact, this skier is Hollywood royalty. Her dad was a famous producer and director, her mom a well-known actress, and she's a big star in her own right. Today, she's playing the role of downhill skier. She bobs left, curves right, her long blonde hair bouncing under her helmet and ski goggles. Her legs bend into each turn as her ski poles graze the air elegantly behind her, like oars gliding through crystal clear waters, left, right, left, right. She feels powerful, free, like she can do anything she wants. She's heading towards the trees, across the vast expanse of glistening snow, a slope of diamonds waiting just for her. When all of a sudden, out of nowhere, she collides with a man who has apparently been skiing just nearby. They hit the ground. He seems to scream in pain. She yells at him, something along the lines of, what the f You skied directly into my back. There's a whole hubbub. Her kid's ski instructor comes over to see what the fuss is all about. And she gets up and just skis down the mountain. Leaves the scene. He's not so lucky. He has to be stretchered down and rushed to medical attention because he's broken four ribs and got a concussion. She, meanwhile, goes and gets a massage. Because this is Gwyneth Paltrow, a huge, massive star, as famous for her luxury lifestyle as she is for her movies. And even though she comes out of it relatively unscathed, she feels like she was the victim. He hit her. 
but he's going to say she collided with him. It's a real-life whodunit, where fact is stranger than fiction. And we're going to solve it, together. From Sony Music Entertainment and Campside Media, this is Infamous. I'm Natalie Robomet. I'm Vanessa Gregoriadis. And this is episode one of our series, Murder on the Ski Slope Express. Just to be clear, there's there's no actual murder involved, right? <laughs> no, but there might as well be for how much drama this caused. I mean, we're talking about Gwyneth Paltrow. People love her. People hate her. And we're going to be talking a lot more about her and Goop and everything she's famous for later on. But mostly, we're going to talk about Gwyneth on this ski slope. So Gwyneth skis and I snowboard. Uh, but Vanessa, are you... A snow bunny? (laughs) I mean, you're making me embarrassed to say I am, but indeed, I am. I grew up skiing on very, very icy slopes in Vermont, which means I do know a bit about ski collisions. I'm not the greatest skiers. And um, I understand the etiquette in those collisions. Typically, the person who is further down on the slope has the right of way. And the person higher up on the slope is supposed to avoid them. And when accidents happen like this, you're just supposed to be like, oh, yes, I just (laughs) dusted myself off and... Catch you, you know, having a hot toddy later on. Totally, totally. I guess you're supposed to help the other person up and make sure everyone's all right and just carry yeah, on. Yeah, soldier on. You're hardy folk. Exactly. But this person, the person that Gwyneth collided with, he was a man in his 70s, a retired optometrist from Utah, and he did sue. Oh, no. And it would go all the way to trial with Gwyneth Paltrow on the stand. Well, I can't wait for that. Before we get to the ski accident and the epic lawsuit that happened after it, and whether Gwyneth was a victim or a hero, I want to talk a little bit more about Gwyneth Paltrow, one of the most indelible figures in pop culture today. To me, her name is a shorthand for class, for elitism. She's like the human embodiment of the 1%. Her life started, of course, in Los Angeles. She was born in the 70s. Her mom was Blythe Danner, best known for performing on Broadway in plays like A Streetcar Named Desire. Her dad, Bruce Paltrow, produced the 80s show Saint Elsewhere. And her godfather? Oh, he was just Steven Spielberg. Given all this, it seems sort of inevitable that Gwyneth would end up acting. She did, starting in the early 90s, with roles in movies like Hook. What's your name? Wendy Moira Angela Darling. What's yours? The adaptation of Jane Austen's Emma. The most incomprehensible thing in the world to a man is a woman who rejects his offer of marriage. Gwyneth was not married herself, but she was the girlfriend of America's sexiest man, Brad Pitt, which put her on the cover of many magazines. But her real breakthrough came in 1998. How now? Who calls? That's Gwyneth in Shakespeare in Love. She plays the daughter of a wealthy merchant who falls in love with Shakespeare. So, you know, playing to type. And she becomes Shakespeare's muse. But they can't be together. And it's a whole tragic thing. On screen in these movies, Gwyneth looks so beautiful. She was the fair-haired girl of dreams. Elegant, delicately boned, to the manner born. 
And she even won Hollywood's biggest award. And the Oscar goes to Gwyneth Paltrow, Shakespeare in Love. Gwyneth became a superstar. The Royal Tenenbaums, Iron Man 2, so many movies that earned her so many millions of dollars. But the role I really want to talk about in terms of who Gwyneth was and what she would come to symbolize is perhaps her weirdest part ever, Shallow How. It never occurred to you that picking girls solely on their looks may not be the best way to go about it? Now, this was 2001, and I'd like to think that Gwyneth wouldn't make this movie today, that nobody would make this movie. But in case it's not seared in your memory, like it is in mine, here's what happens. Jack Black plays a guy who judges women solely on their looks. Until one day, he's hypnotized to see inner beauty in the women he dates. I want you to imagine that you're on a beach. Okay. It's a warm day and the sun is just starting to set. And you're looking in the eyes of a woman. You're seeing her soul. This leads him to Rosemary, a.k.a. Gwyneth Paltrow. In Hal's eyes, she looks like the Gwyneth Paltrow who won the Oscar. Blonde, skinny, drop-dead gorgeous in the most conventional Hollywood sense. But to the rest of the world... There's Rosemary. Where? Straight ahead, across the field. Is she behind the rhino? She's a rhino. An overweight, gluttonous, fat woman. Can I get a double pizza burger, chili fries with cheese, and a uh, large chocolate milkshake? What's implied in all of this, of course, is that a fat woman couldn't possibly be beautiful. Which, yeah, very cool. In hindsight, this distasteful role in Shallow Hal is also a kind of bizarre foreshadowing. Because Gwyneth is about to pivot from actress to health guru. She's going to start selling so many products that promise to turn Rosemary's into Gwyneth's. Her whole brand is about to become wellness, thinness, beauty. Now, if there's one thing I know from living in L.A. for a long time, it's that there's a lot of pressure on actresses to be thin. So it's no surprise that Gwyneth starts experimenting with her diet. She does the master cleanse, which has no known medical benefits. The master cleanse, a liquid-only diet made up of drinking lemonade made of cayenne pepper, lemons, and grade B maple syrup nine times a day. A 10-day diet where you don't eat any food, you just drink the liquids. When she does eat, she starts eating macrobiotic, a diet that was all the rage in the early 2000s. The dietary theory of macrobiotics, which is using whole foods to balance your mind and your spirit and your moods. And she gets interested in alternative medicines. You know, acupuncture, yoga, Reiki, cupping. Paltrow showed up at the premiere of the movie Anchorman with some mysterious crop circle-like bruises. Nowadays, these sorts of new age practices are so commonplace, and I have to say, some of them also awesome, that it's hard to remember that there was a time when they were considered alternative. And of course, they've been used by the cultures they originated in for centuries, before the likes of Gwyneth Paltrow discovered them. But Gwyneth doesn't just discover them. She starts promoting them. Because in 2008, Gwyneth launches a newsletter 
called Goop. When I started Goop in 2008, I was like, my calling is something else besides, you know, making out with Matt Damon on screen or whatever. <laughs> to me, it's all like laddering up to one thing, which is optimization of self. Like we're here one time, one life. Like how can we really like milk the shit out of this? <laughs> the name Goop is a play on her initials, GP. A branding expert told her all great internet companies have double O's in their name. Hence, Goop. So now she's famous for being an actress, and she's famous for Goop. And soon, she'll also be famous for a ski accident. I've always struggled with finding time to manage my finances. At the end of a busy week, the last thing I want to do is spend time budgeting all of my expenses or tracking down customer service teams to cancel old subscriptions I no longer use. But now I use Rocket Money and it does all that for me. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. With Rocket Money, I have full control over my subscriptions and a clear view of my expenses. I can see all my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, Rocket Money can help me cancel it with just a few taps. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com infamous. That's rocketmoney.com infamous. Rocketmoney.com infamous. Anybody who has a sibling knows that sibling fights are unavoidable. But what if every fight you had was under a microscope, on a global scale? That's the reality for brothers Prince Harry and Prince William. They'd been each other's closest friends and allies since the death of their mother. But that all began to crack as they married and took wildly different approaches to their royal duties. Wandry's podcast, Disintel, is hosted by comedians Sidney Battle and Matt Belisai. Each episode unpacks one of pop culture's most iconic celebrity feuds, and they recently took a deeper look into the real reason William versus Harry started. It's actually much bigger than these two brothers, stretching back into the history of the British monarchy. Did their feud start with the royal family's mistreatment of Meghan Markle? Or was it something that began much earlier? Follow Disintel on the Wandery app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Infamous from Campside Media. All right. So remember how at the beginning of the episode, I told you about Gwyneth on that ski slope? She got into an accident with a guy from Utah. She says that he hit her, but he insists she crashed into him. He is Terry Sanderson, a retired optometrist. He's in his 70s with rimless glasses. You know optometrists, they tend to wear glasses. He looks sort of like your everyday dad or granddad, just an average guy. But Sanderson claimed his life was turned upside down by the crash. Besides the four broken ribs and a concussion, he says he really suffered mentally. He's got lasting brain damage, and his relationship with his girlfriend was ruined because of it. Here he is, discussing the impact of the crash. And if this doesn't make you feel bad for him, you might not have a heart. I had to tell her to leave. 
I said, I'm not asking you, I'm telling you, you gotta leave. I said, I'm not sure I'm gonna get to back to normal again. And I don't want you to feel like you're, that I'm a crippled vet and you're gonna stick it out with me because I know you would, half a brain or whatever. I know you would, but don't do it. You need your life, you run right now. And it was a sad time for both of us. But Terry decides to fight back. And in 2019, he sues Gwyneth. She's being sued for an alleged skiing hit and run, which is the basis for the new series Law and Order White Crimes Unit. <laughs> the man is now seeking more than $3.1 million, or two items on goop. Now, Gwyneth must know the etiquette of the slopes. You're not supposed to sue over things like this. Maybe she thinks this guy is just after her money. So she countersues. She's filing a countersuit against a man who's suing her for millions over a collision on a Utah ski slope. Gwyneth Paltrow filing this countersuit, saying this is all an attempt to exploit her celebrity and her wealth. Celebrities deal with lawsuits all the time. It's the cost of doing business in the public eye. But most of the time, in situations like this, celebrities will settle out of court. They'll pay whatever they need to to prevent their private lives from becoming public, from having to take the stand. But Gwen is not like that. Even though she's a member of the 1%, she knows that controversy can be good for business. And she knows this because in the years that passed between 2008 and 2019, Goop became big business for Gwyneth. Goop began as a sort of lifestyle newsletter with Gwyneth's chic recommendations for recipes, fashion, and travel. First up into your inbox, a recipe for vegan and gluten-free banana nut muffins made with casual, everyday pantry staples like brown rice syrup and barley flour. Pretty soon, Gwyneth had a cookbook, and then another one. And gradually, like everything in the 2010s, Goop became a brand. But what did that brand stand for? Not muffins, not really. It was aspirational, and even more than that, it was inaccessible. Gwyneth is the arbiter of rich, fancy taste. And the products that Goop promotes and sells are shamelessly expensive, out of touch, and very female. A $15,000 dildo, vaginal steaming, a jade egg that you place in your vagina, a vagina-scented candle. In other words, it's not only expensive, it's also ridiculous. In fact, it seems like these products are meant to promote controversy. And they do, time and time again. It's not an accident that Goop is constantly going viral for selling ridiculous things. Gwen detailed every step of her long COVID recovery process, enthusiastically listing the products for sale alongside her writing on Goop's website, such as the Goop Wellness Box for $265, or her infrared sauna blanket in stock for $600. Goop launched a luxury disposable diaper at $120 for a pack of 12. TikTokers accusing the star of promoting unhealthy eating habits. Comments included, is starving wellness? It also spreads pseudoscience under the guise of just asking questions. And it's caught a lot of heat for it. 
Gwyneth Paltrow's lifestyle company has agreed to pay a six-figure settlement for false advertising. Vaginal eggs were promoted as a way to balance hormones, regulate menstrual cycles, and increase bladder control. But here's the problem. Jade is porous, so it can hold a ton of bacteria, which gynecologists say could lead to infections or toxic shock. It's basically like putting a dirty kitchen sponge in your baby maker. All this at a time when it seems like there's more misinformation and anti-science rhetoric than ever before. If somebody has the amount of privilege that Gwyneth Paltrow does, why can't she use it correctly? Why can't she use it to pass out great information? Goop is perfectly positioned to capitalize on a climate in which willful ignorance to facts is becoming a political stance. But still, by 2018, Goop is valued at $250 million. Because Gwyneth seems to know that when people are paying attention, she's making money. So maybe when she decides to go to court with Terry Sanderson, Gwyneth thinks she's going to look really good and go really viral. The thing is, no one else thinks this. When she walks into court, pretty much all of America is watching, and the general consensus is stop. No way. Gwyneth so obviously did this. Back in the 90s, Pepsi and Coca-Cola were in a heated race to try and win loyal customers by any means necessary. But when Pepsi launched an ambitious promotion that encouraged people to buy Pepsi and redeem points for prizes, they overlooked their own fine print in a major way. On each episode of Wondery's podcast, The Big Flop, comedians join host Misha Brown to chronicle one of the biggest pop culture fails of all time and try to answer the age-old question. Who thought this was a good idea? Like, who at Pepsi thought it would be a good idea to advertise that people could earn enough points to redeem a military jet as a prize? When they launched their Pepsi points system, they never imagined somebody might actually try to snag it. But a 23-year-old did, and suddenly, Pepsi owed him a jet. Follow The Big Flop on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to The Big Flop early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Have you ever felt like escaping to your own desert island? Jane Gaskin did exactly that, trading in the family home to begin a new life in the tropics. But she soon discovers that paradise has its secrets. I'm Alice Levine, and this is The Price of Paradise, the island dream that ends in kidnap, corruption, and murder. Wish you were here? Follow The Price of Paradise now, wherever you listen to podcasts. You're listening to Infamous from Campside Media. March 2023 the third district courthouse in Park City, Utah. The snow's still melting on the road and piles of powder line the entryway to the courthouse. Gwyneth, the 1% actress turned new age media baron, steps out of a black SUV, of course. Gwyneth's long blonde hair trails down her back. She cuts a slight figure. In fact, she's just gone viral for talking about her diet, which currently consists of a lot of intermittent fasting and drinking bone broth for lunch. She enters the courtroom. It's a bland beige color, lined with wood benches that look like church pews. 
She settles in behind a desk on the right side of the room, and she's wearing something fabulous. Before I let you go, who are you wearing this evening? Who are you wearing? Who are you wearing tonight? Who are you wearing this evening? Show us, show us your outfit here. Now, this courtroom may as well be a red carpet, because what you wear to court sends a message, one that's going to be analyzed to death. Remember when Winona Ryder was on trial for shoplifting? She wore girly headbands and dresses. The effect was, who me? I couldn't possibly have stolen $5,000 of designer clothes. Martha Stewart, on the other hand, she was absolutely slaughtered in the press for carrying a $20,000 Birkin to her fraud case. It just made her look so out of touch. Now, what Gwyneth wears to this trial is the epitome of a trend called stealth wealth. It's a style with no easily identifiable designer items, no gauche logos splashed all over. Everything is understated, but clearly expensive. The fabrics are luxurious. The colors are earthy neutrals. Money talks and wealth whispers. The one weird thing Gwyneth does wear are these glasses. These gold-framed, 70s aviator-style glasses. They look like the same glasses worn by serial killer Jeffrey Dahmer. Probably not the best aesthetic to emulate. So here sits Gwyneth Paltrow in her stealth wealth knit sweater and her Jeffrey Dahmer glasses. The judge begins by addressing the jury. You may have seen or heard outside the courtroom is not evidence, and you must entirely disregard it. In other words, stop thinking about Gwyneth the public person. Think about Gwyneth on the slope, just incognito. You may call your next witness. Thank you, Your Honor. We'd like to call Gwyneth Paltrow. She approaches the stand. On this day, she's wearing head-to-toe Prada, black polo shirt buttoned all the way up, skirt, black boots. Her hair frames her face in loose waves. Do you swear that the testimony you are about to give in the case now before the court will be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God? Thank you. Good afternoon. afternoon. Almost immediately, Gwyneth's star power seems to be having an effect on the lawyer interrogating her. Back there. Seems like evening, doesn't it? I've been inside all day. I have no idea. (laughs) You and me both. (laughs) The lawyer staring at Gwyneth, just with a kind of nervous reverence. I'm just a country lawyer here, okay? Could you state your name and spell it for the record, please? Yes, my legal name is Gwyneth Kate Paltrow Falchuk. That's G-W-Y-N-E-T-H-K-A-T-E-P-A-L-T-R-O-W-F-A-L-C-H-U-K. Great, thank you. May I call you Miss Paltrow? Sure. Okay, fantastic. As you've seen the last few days, we always have the witnesses give background information, tell about yourself, etc. I have a feeling that everybody in the courtroom knows who you are. So we're not going to go through all the background. We're just going to kind of cut to the chase. Is that fair? Sounds fine. Listening to Gwyneth here makes me think of that great Gatsby line about Daisy Buchanan. Her voice is full of money. That's Gwyneth. You were skiing that day with your daughter, Apple, correct? Yes. Moses. Mm-hmm. My son. And um, Brad Falchuk, who was your boyfriend at the time, now current husband. 
Correct. All right. And his two children. That's right. Right. And his kids were the same approximate age as yours on the day of the ski collision. They all remain the same age. That's a <laughs> as very, each other. very good point. More like the, the Brady Bunch. Girls are the same age. Boys are the same age. So the children, um, all four of them, had lessons during that trip. That's right. Okay. Would you agree that those lessons were fairly expensive? They were. Okay. The total bill was around $8,980. And then tips on top of that. Yes. Okay. And I'm assuming, and you're under oath here, <laughs> that you're a good tipper. Yes. Okay. Fantastic. I wouldn't expect anything less. The lawyer is smiling at Gwyneth, practically flirting. And remember, this is the optometrist's lawyer questioning her. May I ask how tall you are? I'm just under five. Ten. Okay. I am so jealous. I think I'm shrinking, though. <laughs> you and me both. I have to wear four-inch heels just to make it to 5'5". Five, five. Then she moves on to the accident itself. And so you guys are on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you said to him, I think you don't know if you were up or if you were still on the ground, but he was still on the ground, right? Yes. When you said, what are you doing? Yes. Okay. Like, why did you do that? Yes. And he said, I think you skied into me. Yes. And that's when you were furious and said, you skied directly into my effing back at the top of your lungs. Yes, I did. Okay. I apologize for my bad language. This is a great line read from Gwyneth. If I was a director and she was playing the role of America's sweetheart on the stand, I would yell cut. We got the take. Fantastic performance of charismatic regret. I mean, the courtroom is almost laughing. I was yelling at him. Pretty loud. Pretty forceful. I was pretty upset. Right? You're small but mighty. Actually, you're not that small. So after the incident, the small but mighty Gwyneth left the scene and let the kid's ski instructor deal with the fallout. It seems really callous, but Gwyneth explains that's just the way things are done in her world. In the acting world, that's a world of representatives. So you have an agent who represents you. And so if they say, you know, I'm going to provide information, you allow somebody to represent you. So when Eric, as an accredited Deer Valley ski instructor, said to me, I'll fill out the paperwork, he knew also that my daughter was at the bottom waiting for me to come for lunch or at the lunch place. And so Mr. Christensen handled it for you. Mr. Christensen stayed and filled out the report, made sure Mr. Sanderson was okay, and said to me, you can go ahead. The lawyer tries to push Gwyneth. There's someone claiming to be an eyewitness who says they saw Gwyneth crash into Sanderson. Okay, well... And I can tell you that he didn't because Mr. Sanderson categorically hit me on that ski slope, and that is the truth. And and I'm sure that that's what you believe. I'm not saying... Because it's the truth. I'm not saying that. You learned that Mr. Sanderson broke four ribs. Yes. Okay, and that he sustained a concussion. Correct. Okay, that he went was taken down on toboggan. Yes. Did you learn of that that day? No. Did you inquire? What is your name again? Sorry. Kristen? Yes. Sorry, I was going to say Kristen. I think you have to keep in mind when you're the victim of a crash, right? Your psychology is not necessarily thinking about the person who perpetrated it. 
So the answer to my question is no, no you did not inquire. I did not. After the incident, you skied down, went to lunch, and then my understanding is you got a massage. So after the accident, I met all the rest of the kids at lunch. We all gathered. We had lunch. And I still felt very shaky. And my knee was bothering me. My back was bothering me. So I decided to go in early and get a massage. Yep. After the accident, Gwyneth got a massage. Here's her reading a text she sent to her soon-to-be husband on that day. I came in. That guy sort of hurt me. I'm going to get a massage at three. Gigi is here if he wants to come. Gigi was our babysitter. Is it true that you feel it's unfair that Mr. Sanderson has brought this case against you? I do. And he has deterred you from enjoying the rest of what was a very expensive vacation. Well, I lost half a day of skiing. So Terry Sanderson claimed he had four broken ribs a concussion, and lasting brain damage. Gwyneth lost half a day of skiing. She was definitely going to lose this case. Next time on Infamous. Do you realize your buddy just took out Gwyneth Paltrow? It's an actual dollar that I'm asking for. When you say it wasn't me, it, it was in fact you. It's the other personality that's inhabiting my body right now. And you blame Gwyneth Paltrow for that. 